0: Welcome to JRoot Radio. This is the Halakha Hour live on Wednesday afternoon on Erev Rosh Hodesh Adar, Tavshin We're here in the studio, we'll be on from 2 to 3 o'clock in the Halakha Hour. It's the Halakha class based on the Benish Hai, where we go through the Halakhot, clarify the sources of the Halakhot and the practical application how to apply the Akhot in our days, bring up all the different, uh, whatever we can, whatever we could uh, have our hands on, basically. We're here in J Root, in the studio. You could listen to us live on jrootradio.com. Also, you could watch us live on jrootradio.com. There is live streaming. You could also listen on your phone in a number of ways. Number one is you download the app. The app is called J Root Radio Pro App. The other way is by calling in either 718-506-9099 or you could call in the other number is 712-432-4217 before we give the numbers to the studio let's tell everybody who's listening that today's class is dedicated again to the of Rita Batfania, as well as Al Haim bin Shafiqa Sophia and as well as Ayala Ghazali Bat Rima Hashem should give them all a speedy recovery very very soon our class today, the subject is shbut the shbut, which we began to speak about last week. This is a very, very important halakha in the halakhot, in the laws of Amir al of what one is allowed to command the Goy to do for him on Shabbat. This is probably one of the most practical halakhot of Amir al-Akum that we probably will use in our days. It's a very important halakha. We began... Last week, for more details, just as the background from the Gemara and the Rishonim, you'll have to see, you'll have to listen to last week's classes on the archives. Today, Barzat we're going to review very quickly what we mentioned last week, very quickly, and move on now to the more practical side of the Halakha. Several examples of when a person may or may not or if he could or could not tell a goy to do something for him on Shabbat, we'll bring some of the more more common examples, and then you're more than welcome to call in or text in your question. It's Better to text in the question. Hopefully, we're able to answer it in Akum. I do have to note this is not going to cover all the halachot of Akum. What we would like to do on the Halacha Hour is that we give a clear explanation of what the halachot are the backgrounds, the reasons, and then the practical application. Things that we did not discuss, I don't like to give really so much of it because it could be misunderstood. It could be sometimes a certain case may be permitted or a certain case may be forbidden, and a person will learn from it something else. So that's why we ask that if you call in, try to call in on things that we specifically speak about. The number to the station is 718-683-5858. <clears throat> the text number is 347-927-8398. As we mention every week, at the end of the class, we are still here, we'll be here in the studio for another few minutes, and then you could call in and ask whatever questions you like, especially on the subject of Amir Akum. I want to point out that next week, we are now out of Rosh Hodesh. Tonight is Rosh Hodesh Adar. It's the 30th of Shabbat, really, two days Rosh Hodesh. Friday is Rosh Hodesh Adar, which means Adar Alif. Which means that next week already will begin the laws of Purim. That's right, Purim is right around the corner. March 5th, Thursday, March 5th. Wednesday, March 4th at night is the Lel Purim, when we have to hear the Megillah. And March 5th is when we have to already listen to the Megillah in the day and all the Mizvot of the Purim. So right before we get into our Halakhot, let's just mention a small idea. The Hazal tell us that رَشْحُدِشْ Adar when it comes to Rosh Hodesh Adar, we already make announcements about bringing the Sheik What does this mean? Once upon a time, when we had a Beit HaMikdash, and that was the center, and that was the focus of Jewish life, everything revolved around the Beit HaMikdash, it wasn't the Super Bowl, it wasn't the, what the what's going on in the news, it's the Beit HaMikdash, our service and our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the, the period of Rosh Hodesh Adar, was a time when they prepared already for the korbanot of the next year. The Torah commands that every single year we bring korbanot on behalf of all the Jewish people, and the year must have a collection for it. I mean to say, we all, we must, in order for everybody to be considered a partner in the korbanot that are brought on a daily basis, as well as the ones brought on the holiday. Those are all called korbanot Sibur. These are sacrifices which are offered on behalf of all the Jewish people. It's if it's offered on behalf of me and as well as you and everybody else, so we all have to be partners in it. How we become partners in it? We all can't slaughter the animal, we can throw the blood, that's services. Those are Avodot that are unique and designated only for the Kohanim. So what did they do? The way we participated, the way we joined the Korbanot that were brought by the Kohanim is by giving Money. How much do we have to give? Mahatita shekel. It's not a lot of money, but a little bit of money from a lot of people makes big money. A little bit of each person. Each person has to give just a Mahatita shekel, a half a shekel of silver shekel to the Beit HaMikdash, and that was all collected together, and that was enough to buy the korbanot, to buy the animals for the following year, which began on Rosh Hodesh Nisan. Rosh Hodesh Adar is the time we already make announcements and we make we remind everybody Rabbotai make sure you bring in your Mahatita Shekel for the following year. And that we don't have a Beit HaMikdash. That we are already, how many years? Almost 2,000 years without a Beit HaMikdash. We still remember the times when we used to bring Mahatita Shekel. And we still announce and we tell Rabbotai, even though we cannot bring a shekel, it's a soon for us to say, this is Mahatita Shekel, because we're making it Kodesh, we're making it holy for the Beit HaMidash, which is not around, and somebody would use it, or really misuse it, it could be very, very problematic. Still, Zecher mahatita Shekel, as a commemoration for the Mahatita Shekel that was given, we still read Parashat Shekhalin, like we read last week in Shul, we still give as a minhag, as a custom, we still give a certain amount of money, whatever that money is every year, depending on the silver or whatever your custom you have, for the memory in memory of Mahatita Shekel. And we want to know a little bit on a practical level, how does this apply to us? What could we learn a small thing about Sheikh Alim, about Hodesh? So a small idea mainly taken from the Rahidushe Harim or Gidalyahu. And other Farim as well, the Hasidic farim ex- explain that Shekel, the Mahatita Shekel, Hazal tell us that when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu Mahatita Shekel, He showed him a Shekel made out of fire. He showed him basically a silver coin made out of fire. So it's really a fire coin, which was a Shekel. Now the question is, What connection? I understand when Hashem showed Moshe, Rabbeinu, you know, other things how to make. He didn't know how to build certain parts of the Mishkan. Okay, that's understandable. A coin, Why why does Hashem have to show him that the coin should be made out of fire? And the answer is fire is something that's in order for fire to exist. It has to be burning. It has to be active. And you see fire is always moving. Fire doesn't stand still. Wind you can't see, you could feel it. But sometimes it can be a very quiet day, and there's barely any wind, especially in the summer when it's very humid. Fire, in order for fire to exist, there's got to be, first of all, life. there's got to be air, we all know. If you put a match in a bottle and you close it up, you don't allow any air to come in, no life to come in, no air, the fire dies. Fire only exists with life, and fire is constantly moving. That's what fire represents. Hashem was showing Moshe Rabbeinu, a shekel, but not a regular shekel, a shekel made out of fire. mean, Really, the pasuk says, Hashem says, what do I need money for? (laughs) I'm the one who distributes money. You're a billionaire, you're a millionaire, you're a thousandaire, you only have 10,000. I give everybody the money. I give the gold to everybody. Nobody, I don't need anybody's money. Nobody needs to give me money. If I want to bring Korbanot, I'll make it a miracle. And instead of apples coming out of trees, I'll have animals coming out of trees. Hashem can do whatever he wants. But he wants the Jewish people to participate. Why? Not because he needs their money, but because he wants their feelings inside of it. Money, yeah, in Hebrew, is also called Kesef. Kesef has another meaning besides money. But they're both related. Kesef means a strong desire. Ki chasof Nkhsafti. This is uh, one of the songs that we sing on Shabbat. He did nefesh. Ki Have a strong yearning and a desire. Kasef lebet abicha is what Laban tells Yaakov Abino on his way back to Eretz Israel. He tells him, you strongly yearn to go back to your parents' house. This is what it means over here. The kesef. Money has another meaning, which is yearning, which is we all could understand and relate to. Everybody yearns, everybody desires, and everybody's running after money. Everybody knows this. And that's why Keseb is called what it's called. It's a form of yearning. When we give a Mahatita Shekel to the Beit it has to be made out of silver, not out of gold. Even though gold is more valuable, it's more expensive. It's more hashubi, it's more important, and not made out of copper, which is very cheap, but very little, kesef. Like the fire that Hashem showed Moshe Rabbeinu, people have to not just give their money, but they have to want to give their money, they have to want to be part of the korbanot. They have to yearn to participate in the avodah Kadosh baruch We've went through a long winter, a winter with no holidays, Hanukkah comes in and sheds a little bit of light on us, Two Bishpat, a little bit of blessings over here and there, but really we haven't gone through real holidays. Adar ushers in the period already when the winter is finishing, hopefully, I don't know, maybe New York a little different, but winter is finishing, cold is going away, spring is back in the air, the trees are budding, the weather is becoming nicer, days becoming longer, and the holidays are coming. It's a time of physical rejuvenation as well as... F- a spiritual rejuvenation we're coming back into this world we're coming back to participate into this world of rohaniyut and hashem wants us to not just be part of it okay nukurbanot he wants us to rejuvenate ourselves also spiritually to feel part of the to feel the kedusha to yearn to be to serve akadosh baruchu we shouldn't be dry in our service akadosh baruchu Unfortunately, in halakha, a lot of times, if people follow halakha, they may follow every single law in halakha, but sometimes they use it, and they, not use it, but basically they apply it or they keep it in a dry fashion. This is what it says. That's what I got to do. And Baruch Hashem, there's a certain ma'ala to it. There's a certain level of just doing, even though you don't understand. But Hashem doesn't want us to just be robots and to just do Without understanding? No, Hashem gave us a Torah, Hashem give us Hakamim, Hashem gave us a Gemara, Hashem give us Mifarshim to explain to us and to make us understand the Halakha. And that's why it's so important when we learn Halakhot, we first have to learn what we have to do 100%. Even if you don't understand why, you got to learn what you have to do. But you can't stop there. This is going on men and women as well. You have to understand what you're doing. Because when you understand what you're doing, besides that you may learn new things of what to do and what not to do, what you have to do. Okay, repeat that 10 times But also, when you learn and understand what you're doing You enjoy it You feel a, as I say, a geshmak when you're doing it You know exactly how to navigate yourself around on Shabbat You know what to do when you're dealing with goyim With a housekeeper, with a maid You know, you don't have to be nervous And you have a great feeling You have an understanding exactly what you're doing And a reason to what you're doing And that is the fire that is the fire, the fire is the Torah, as the Torah was given through fire. It's an understanding, it's being alive, it's living, it's the oxygen of our spirituality to understand what we're doing, to understand why we do what we do. And with that, we'll move in, we'll go right into our Halakhot, the laws of Shibut Shibut. As we explained last week, in very, very short, we'll just give another five-minute review, and then we'll go on to the Halakhot. There is a halakha that says that in certain circumstances a person may command a goy to do something for him that otherwise would have been forbidden. Based on whatever these circumstances may be, those circumstances will be explained soon. But that the heter, the way to tell a goy is by commanding the goy to do something that's only forbidden midirabanan. This is known as shbut de shbut. Shbut is a terminology that's used in Halakha, as well as the Gemara, to describe an act that is forbidden middera banan. Anything that's forbidden middera banan on Shabbat is categorized under the name called shmut. That's all it is. It's not so complicated. So basically, if you're speaking about an isud rabanan on Shabbat, you'd call it, oh, this is a Shbut. This is a shmut. Muk say, it's shmut. It's a Esud rabanan. Uh, whatever it may be. Things which are assumed are known as shbut. We learned already that commanding a goy on Shabbat is forbidden, but the isur, the source of the isur, is midirabanan. It's rabbinical, so therefore, commanding a goy to do something for you on Shabbat that you cannot do is known as a shbut. It's an De When you command a goy to do something that's assumed it is known as shbut De shbut. Shbut De shbut is permitted. In certain circumstances, as the Gemara in Masekai brings the source of this halakha. The Rishonim had a split exactly how to understand it, but we're going with the ruling of the Shuhana Aruch, who goes with the Rambam. And the Shuhan Aruch is the man in halakha he, rules like the Rambam that shbut Shbut... commanding a go to do something that's only forbidden banan, is mutar in three areas. I say areas, I don't mean cases, I mean areas. Each area may include many cases, but these three areas are number one, if it's sorech Holeh, but it's not a full choleh, we'll explain all this afterwards, a sick person. Number two is for sake of a mitzvah. And number three, if it's sorech harbeh. Let's review them again. Let's make them actually in a simpler way. This way we will uh, clarify each one by itself. Shboot to commanding go to do only something that's a as- banan, is permitted if you're asking him to do this thing for you, for the sake of a mitzvah. Okay, so that's area number one. In the second area where a person may tell a go to do a banan, or known as Shboot to Shboot, Shboot to bimkom holi, or really the words are muksat holi, when there's a little bit of partial sickness, somebody's not feeling well. And finally, it's permitted to tell a goy to do an isur in the area where it is considered sorech harbe, a great need. All of this, will be explained as we go through the class, and will be explained in depth. One point we have to ex- to, to, to to point out, and we mentioned it last week, is that shbut de'shbut in an area which is Muta, which is in these three areas that we just listed, is all is is not really the like a even though that's also a little bit debatable, but seems to be from the Mishaburah and a lot of ahlonim as we'll point out, it is not L'Chathila, it even seems that way from Maran Shohan Haruch. it is not L'Chathila to go ahead and to rely on Shabbat meaning, if there is any way that you could avoid commanding a go to do something that's forbidden, even though the Halakha permits it, the Halakha only permits it if you have no other choice, but if you had a choice from before Shabbat, that's the option you're supposed to do. We'll see. Let's give a few examples, and then we'll explain how these examples should work. You know, when you go to a hotel, there are, today, in, our, in the hotels, in most hotels, unless, you know, it's a really, really old hotel, and I don't think you'll be spending your time over there on Shabbat. In any case, in most hotels, the doors have a magnetic lock, which means they have a key, and the key is made out of this card that looks like a credit card, and you slide in the key, which is this uh, card, And then the door automatically opens up, okay? Because it can read the number on your card to your specific room. That is a suit to be done on Shabbat. You're playing with electricity. How you define electricity is a different subject, but that is a suit to be done on Shabbat, as well as Ashkenazim, if a Jew is doing it. In cases where a person is spending Shabbat in a hotel and he needs to get into his room, for whatever reason is, remember, coming out of your room, There's no problem because you just turn the doorknob and you walk out. That's not a problem. The problem is coming back in. In order to get back in, the way to get back in is by placing this card, which will send this digital signal and open the door. You can't do it. It's assumed for you to do it. However, to tell a goy to open the door for you, so you see one of the custodians and you say, please, I need to get into my room, and he opens it for you, then that would be considered shboot, the shboot bimakom sore kharbeh. Is you're telling you go to do an isod al opening the door for you. It's not always mutar, it's mutar in this case because it's considered a great need to get into your room. I don't think it's so nice, you know, to spend the whole Shabbat outside your room, you know, stuck in the lobby. Okay, one hour, two hours, you want to relax. But there. But I want to go back, I want to take a nap, I want to shloof a little bit. So that is considered a tzurak karbi. Example number two. Let's say you look outside your window. In the backyard, all the merchandise that you just got a delivery for on Shabbat, you didn't have time to put it inside the house. And okay, it's not a big deal. You could stay outdoors. But then you realize that there's a great storm coming. It's supposed to be a big thunderstorm. You know, in those summer with thunderstorms and where the the sky gets dark. And anytime soon, it'll be Mabool, you know, it'll be Noah again. And it's going to ruin all your merchandise. And there's going to be a great financial loss over here. That's called a tzoreh harve. Big financial laws considered tzoreh harve. You can't move that merchandise if it's mukse. Why? Because it's mukse. It's mukse to you. Let's say we're talking about phones. We're talking whatever it may be over there. It's mukse. So therefore, since you can't move it, says However, you could tell a guy to move those that merchandise that you have in your backyard and put it inside of your house. Why? Because you are commanding a Goy which is only a shboot, der to tell you're telling him to move something that's mukse, which is that's shbut to shbut. Why is he doing it? For the purpose of saving you from a great financial loss. We're talking about a $10,000 loss, a $5,000 loss, whatever it may be. A big loss for you, That's it's proportional by the way. So therefore, it's Shibut to shbut, kom, gadol, And that will be Mutar. Third example. Third example is, you share um, a backyard with your neighbor. Or you have a backyard and he has a backyard, but they're open to each other, but you don't have an roof together. So now what happened is you have a uh, you're sitting down for Shabbat and you realize that Shabbat day you come to eat, the kids ate up all the Kali Arab Shabbos, and then you ate up the rest of it on Friday night on their Shabbat, and now you're stuck with that halay, you're stuck without bread. You need to have so that Shabbat. It's a mitzvah. So that Shabbat is a mitzvah, like we explained last year, according to the Taz, it's even Liha is, so over here, you're allowed to tell a goy to go to your neighbor who has extra bread and to bring it to your house through the backyard. Why? Because going from one reshut to another, going from reshuta yahid to reshuta yahid, right next door to each other, from one private house to another private house is a sumidira banan, to carry something over. So you're telling a goy to carry something over in the area where there's no roof which is only a sumidira banan, that's called shbut Why? And for the need of my Sauda, which is considered Mizvah, Shboot, Shboot, and therefore it's permitted. Case number four. Case number four is probably more applicable. You have your children's room, they put on the light and they can't fall asleep. So, what happens when your kids can't fall asleep? You can't fall asleep because they're going to keep on coming to you saying, Mommy, Abba, I can't fall asleep. Okay, what do you want from me? You put on the light. Okay, what am I supposed to do? You told me not to shut it. Yeah, Shabbos, you can't shut the light. So you can't tell your kid to shut off the light on Shabbat. You can't shut off the light on Shabbat, so what do you do? If you know of a goy, if you could stop a goy from the street, you could bring him inside the house and ask him to shut off the light. Why? This is also considered, it's sore for the kids to sleep, for the adults to go to sleep. Shutting off the lights is asur sur darabanan. We cannot do this on Shabbat or on the holidays. But the telegoy to for us is permitted in such a scenario. Why? It's specifically here. Because the kids need to sleep. It's a sore karbeh And it'll be Mutar. Another example. This actually, the following example happened to me a few times. We're sitting down on Shabbat table and I have a stereo over there for the kids usually when they go to sleep at night. And usually we have it on, you know, the, a Jewish station. j Radio usually we have it on. And... What happened is the kids came in the middle of Shabbat, babies there was at the time, and they were pressing the buttons as they usually do. And I forgot that the plug was inside. In any case, the kids put on the radio and they pressed the FM button and now went to AM, and it wasn't even on the right station. So all you hear is this big loud noise of right, and it wasn't so geschmack to really sing uh, Shabbat Zmirot Shabbat with that background music in the back. It was horrible. So. That's a, you can't sit and have a sauda like this. Whether you want to call it Surah Harbe, or mitzvah, whatever it is, you can't function. You can Shabbat is not a Shabbat atmosphere like this, and you can't really function. You can't go to a different room. So in such a case, we called over a non-Jew and asked them to shut off the radio. Shutting off the radio on Shabbat is also assumed Dirabanan. I'm commanding you going to do an Isud Dirabanan for me. It's called a Shbut de Shbut, Bimkom, Sode over here as well. I'm sitting there. I don't want to hear the goish music in the background. I don't want to hear the the static in the background. It's not a play. it's it's not allowing me to have my meal on Shabbat. That is another example of Shpud to where it's mutar. And finally, one last example is let's say you put on your heat in the house and it's so hot in the house it's boiling. Everybody's schwitzing, and you have the fire from the blach. Which means from the stove that you left on for Shabbat. And you it's really, really very, very hot. And you need to just shut off the AC because you can't, you can't. You're suffocating. So in such a case also, to call over a goy and ask him, please shut off the heat. It's too hot in the house. Or vice versa. Let's say it's too cold in the house because the AC is blasting and it's freezing cold. Then I could call over the goy and ask him, please shut off the AC, lower the AC, shut off the heat. It's too hot or it's too cold. Now, I want to point out something very important. The, we gave six examples over here. You have to point out something very, very important. It's only, like we said beforehand, it's only mutar to tell a goy to do a shboot to shboot, which means telling him to do a shbut. right? To command a goy to do an isud of bananas on Shabbat is only permitted if you have no other choice. If you have another choice, you can't do that, which means, I have Shabbat, if I could have taken care of it, I'm supposed to do it. Meaning, if I have the let's, let's give the, the example with the lights. My kid's room has the lights on. I could shut off the lights right now or get a timer from before Shabbat. I can't say, you know what? Let me wait for Shabbat. Let the kids have their light. And I'll call over the non-Jew and ask the non-Jew to shut off the lights in the room. No, I can't do that. I have to make sure to shut off the lights. Uh, in case I forgot. Or the kids are the ones who put on the light on Shabbat and now the light needs to be turned off. Okay, I have no other choice. Then I have to call over the goy. That's a very important rule to keep in mind. If it could be avoided from before Shabbat, I must avoid it before Shabbat. And if it cannot be avoided on sh- before Shabbat and has to be done on Shabbat, then you have to know if I could also minimize it on Shabbat, I must do so. If I can minimize the Isur, meaning although this was not a subject over here, but remez, we didn't talk so much about remez and hinting to a Goy, hinting to a goi. Is also forbidden if the goy doesn't melacha for you. However, hinting is not as severe as speaking to the goy. In both cases, if the goy doesn't melacha for you, as we will learn in it's forbidden for you to benefit from it. But if you have to, if you're allowed to tell a goy something, and you have the option of either telling them or hinting to them, then you have to hint to the goy. So all the examples that we gave, for example. You need to get into your, hot, in, in, uh, into your room in the hotel. So you need to go to open a door for you. Or you need to bring the merchandise from your backyard into your house. Or you need to go to carry for you the food from your neighbor to bring it inside, shutting off the lights in the room or shutting off the radio. If you can minimize his, his sur of commanding door by hinting to him, by giving it a remez, then you must take that option first. Let's take the case with the radio. Okay, the Nanju walks into my house, sees me in the dining room. Have the table beautifully set up, wonderful dishes. All the kids sitting around with their hands on their ears, and then one other kid is yelling at the baby who put on the radio. And I come to that, I say, Mister Goy, you know, it's very, you know, I could either tell him shut off the radio, or I could tell him it is very hard for us to sit here and enjoy our meal with that noise in the background. I'm hinting to him that he should shut off the radio. If I could do that, then I must do that. If the goy would understand me by that remez, then that's what I'm supposed to do. Now, not every person is so intelligent and not always will understand the remez. Sometimes you bring a person into the room and you tell them, listen, it's mucho frio in here. It's very, very cold. The AC is blasting. It's very, very cold. And as a Jew, I'm not allowed to shut off the AC. And then they nod their head and they say, "Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. I know your religion. Okay. And they're standing there just waiting. Okay, tell me what to do. And then you hint to them again and they don't understand. Okay, in such a case, you tried the other option. You tried to hint to the Goy to shut off the AC because it's too cold in the room. Okay, so in that case, you have to tell them, listen, I need you to shut off the AC. It's freezing in this house. Please shut it off. So again, we want to point out the rule that if you could avoid shboot to shboot, if you could avoid commanding the Goy, even though you're entitled to, if you could avoid it, you have to try to avoid it if you could prepare yourself from before Shabbat, or even on Shabbat, if you could hint to the Goy, minimize the Isur, instead of directly commanding him, you have to try to do so. I'll give you another case where you don't even have to come on to ask a Goy. And this happens also a lot of times. Let's say the AC is blasting in the summer, and instead of a 90 degree day, and the temperature dropped, it was cloudy, whatever it may be, it dropped to 75. And now the AC is blasting, and it's really, really cold in the room. So... You could either call the Goy and ask them to shut off the AC, or you know what? You have another two options to do. You know what you could do? If you have a shade, a curtain, which could go over the AC and block the cold air from filling up your room and making it cold in the room, then that's what you have to do. Ah, but the AC is running and I'm wasting so much money. Haram. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, you can't call a Goy over to shut off the AC in order that you should save money. There's no head there for that. When we said a hefsedi, a lot of put the sport, have said, that's only have said gadol, running the AC through the duration of Shabbat. Yes, you will have an extra ten dollars on your bill, but that's not a called hefsedi gadol. If say gadol is it's going to cause you a great financial loss. That's when it'll be a sort. Another way, if I could keep the window open, remember the case we gave when the person is in the house and. He's uh, a person is in the house and it's very very hot and you have to call over the Goy to uh, shut off the, the heater so if I could open the window and not have to call the Goy or the AC is blasting I could open the window and make it a little hotter in here let the cold air come out I have to do that before calling the Goy I, it's not 100% just go ahead and call the Goy it'll be mutar whenever I have an option to be able to minimize or avoid the heter of shbut to shbut, I must do so we have a call. I hope I'm able to work this. Hello. Hello. Root, you're on the air okay. Fine. We come back to our class. We have a question. Okay, this is not a question relevant right now. We have a question by text. Um, cannot answer it right now, but that will answer it after the class. It's not exactly on the subject that we're speaking about. I really want to finish these Halakhod because next week is Purim. The week after is also Purim. I mean, to say the halakhot Purim. The next two weeks will be Purim. And then we can go into the laws of Pesach and all the holidays. And then after all that, we'll come back to the laws of Shabbat. And I don't want to stop in the middle of something. Okay. So, I believe we gave enough examples of shbut to when it's mutar, when it's not mutar, I just want to point one last thing out, and that is the Shevet Levi in Hele Shevet writes that you cannot rely, you cannot prepare yourself to use the heter of shbut to shbut on a regular basis. That means you know every single week that you need to command a goy to do something that's assumed for the sake of a mitzvah. You cannot set yourself up every Shabbat to come and have to tell the Goy this leniency. Why? It says the Shebet Levi, Rabbi Shmuel probably one of the greatest poskim alive in our days, if not the greatest today. He says Rabbi Shmuel Vosner, you know why? Because it's Zilzul Shabbat. Keep in mind what we mentioned the first time we learned the halakhot of Ami Al on Shabbat, what you could tell a goy on Shabbat. We learned that you could only tell the goy, excuse me, that the reason why Hakamim forbade us to tell a commanded goy to do something for us on Shabbat, because it creates a laxity. It creates, it lowers the sanctity of Shabbat. So if we find api halakha ways in which we could circumvent the system, but at the same time, still lower the kedushah of Shabbat. We haven't accomplished the purpose of the Hachamim's gezerah. Hachamim's gezerah was that the kedushah of Shabbat should be intact. But i are commanding to go left and right; it lowers when the kedushah of Shabbat. So therefore, if I have to rely on Shbute say that, okay, we gave cases where it's mutar, and now we're going to explain how they are mutar. You know, elaborate on these cases, but I cannot do this on a regular basis. I can't do this every single Shabbat, come and tell the Goy, please do this and this and this for me. Oh, it's only the Rabbanan and it's for the sake of the Mitzvah. No, I must prepare myself that I shouldn't have to use this Hetir. Now we go on to the next subject. We explained again, like we said beforehand, special cases, areas where a person is allowed to tell the Goy to do the R-Banaan, which we called Shbut D'Shbut. We said three areas. Number one is B'Kom Mitzvah, Number two is Bimkom Holi, and number three is Sori Harbe. We'll now define, we'll now elaborate on these three areas, whatever we can in the time that we have. Number one, Shbut is permitted Bimkom Mitzvah. What does it mean Bimkom Mitzvah? What kind of Mitzvah do we permit it? And the answer is any Mitzvah, whether the Mitzvah is Midde Oraita or whether the Mitzvah is Midde if, the, if there is a Mitzvah, that I need to tell the Goy to do it, then I can do it. Even a Mizvah Derebanan, like, Sauda Shabbat. But, it has to be a real mitzvah, Not like what people say, oh, it's a mitzvah, it's a Mizvah. You know, the people just make up Mizvah as they go along. You know, Ubaharta Bahayim says in the Torah, you should choose life. To live is a mitzvah, right? Okay, so listen, I need this to live. You can't make up Mizvah. It has to be a real Mizvah. I'll give you an example. The Ramah writes, in Siman Shinnah Gimel, Saif so Alif, as well as the Kafahim, brings it also in Saman Shenzayin over here. They bring down, we know that guests, having guests, it's a mitzvah. So, oh, if I have a guest, and I need to tell a go to do it, not for me, me, I couldn't care less. I'm doing it for the sake of a guest. It's mutah, right? It's a guest. Well, not all guests are considered a mitzvah. What kind of guest is considered a mitzvah? Says the Rama and the Kafahim, brings it over here as well. It's got to be a guest that wouldn't have a place to sleep otherwise. It's not a guest that you called, you invited your sister or your cousin that lives down the block who has food anyway. You just want to spend time with them. Your friends. And you invited your friends and his families and their families to come over. It's Listen, they're guests. I have to do for them. No, that's not called a guest which we allow you to do. It's got to be a guest that otherwise wouldn't have a place. I'll give you, you want to know what what's a good example of a guest? A guest is, let's say you have some yeshiva baharim coming over for Shabbat and they're sleeping by your house you know, they're coming from a different place they don't have a place to sleep they're coming from a Yeshiva in Lakewood or Mansi or whatever it may be they're visiting or you have guests that came from Eretz Yisrael that don't have a place otherwise and they're being hosted you have rabbis sluchim, especially now in this period where they're coming from Eretz Yisrael they need a place for Shabbat they come to collect money and they're staying by your house those are guests you're right without you they wouldn't be you know okay of course they can find somewhere else but I mean to say they need 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 a place to sleep. They're not just coming You're not just inviting them to have fun with them, although you may have fun with them. That's not what the point. The point is, they don't have a place otherwise. That's a guest. And therefore, in such a scenario where a person has such people over by him, and then he sees that, oh my gosh, I don't have enough blankets for them. It's too cold. I, I can't give him this thin summer blanket. I need another blanket for my neighbor who has a lot of blankets. In fact, they have a blanket gamach, but there's no air roof between my backyard and their backyard. In that case, I could tell a goy, Do me a favor, go get me some blankets. Give me some pillows for my neighbor for our guests over here. And this could happen many times on the holiday of Sukkot, where you have a sukkah and you have guests coming over. They're sleeping. They don't have another place to sleep. They need your sukkah. You could also have them in your sukkah. You could also have them uh, sleep by your sukkah, but you don't have mattresses for them. You don't have covers for them. And your neighbor does have even though there's no Irub between your house and their house, the, your backyard and their backyard, since carrying through your neighbor's backyard is only midirabanan, it qualifies for shbut shbut mitzvah. Okay, that's important. What about, here's a question, what about shbut to shbut for mitzvah? That's not today, but a mitzvah that's going to come later on, mahar afterwards. Meaning to say, I'm commanding you go to do something that's asum for the sake of mizvah, but the Mizvah will not be today. The mitzvah will be after Shabbat. I need to do Mizvah tomorrow. Let's say on Sunday, I need to, you know, on Sunday, I need to shake the Lulav Ne and I can't get it on Sunday. I need to get it today. Can I command the Goy to go and get something for me in, 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 the, in the case, of course, that uh, he's only doing the Soudh banan, carrying it for me, and only the Soudh in order to fulfill a mitzvah for tomorrow? So, guess what? The answer is. A Mahlokit, yes. It's a Mahlokit, but really it's a Mahlokit based on how to understand the Shohan Aruch. We have people who say Asur, people who say Mutar. On the list of people who say it's Asur, it seems to be even some Rishonim. The Tur, Tash, Tashbet, Eliyar Ahron, and Taz. And on the Matirim, you have more of the uh, famous ones, the Benish, Hai, and Rappi Alim, Hakam Hazan Abadiar, Vakiva Eger, Magin Abraham. These are the rabbis who are Matir. So therefore, as a compromise, we tell you what the Halakhabra brings down. If a person will not be able to fulfill the Mizvah unless you mean to say on Sunday, if a person cannot fulfill the mitzvah on Sunday unless he commands to go today to go get him this thing, so you have what to rely on. Even though you're commanding him to do on Shabbat for a mitzvah that's only going to take place after Shabbat, let's mitzvah de Mahar will be mutar, and if you were not you would not be able to do it the next day. Okay. Here's another question. What about if there's a person who wants... What about a person who wants to ask a goy to do an de banan for the sake of mitzvah, but you're not sure if the mitzvah is going to take place or not. Here's a here's an example. you invited over some guests. And it happens a lot when you invite a lot of people who are not religious 100% yet. They're becoming religious. They don't know that when they give you their word that you expect them to come and you actually prepared for them. Okay? So now you're prepared for them, but sometimes they don't show up. Sometimes they call you after the show and they say, I was embarrassed to come by myself. My friend was supposed to come, didn't come. And this happens many, many times. You invite a guest who really needs a place to say they have no Shabbos meal and you're you you know, you're doing it the same time. You want him to come over, but they don't show up. That's what happens. Now, these people skipped on you a few times. Sometimes they come, sometimes they don't come. But, you know, Pretty much you invite them and you know that they should be coming, but you're not sure. It's very possible. In fact, it's almost 50-50 if they will show up or not. It could be even they told you before Shabbat, I'm not sure if I'm going to come or not. You come Shabbat day and they're supposed to come Shabbat day and you realize that you don't have enough bread for them. All the bread was eaten up. You miscalculated. You don't have enough challah for them and it's not going to be nice. What are you going to give them? Leftover breads. Everybody's going to eat challah and they're going to get this or something. It's not going to look good on the table. They need it. And... Or in the sim- in the situation when you need extra food for them, you don't want them to feel that you're being burdened by their coming. So you wanna show that you have plenty of food for them. You don't know? just squeeze whatever you have. You don't put out cream cheese either, you know? So what do you do in such a case? You have a neighbor that's next door. And again, there's no right roof between you and them. And it's not a problem of carrying in the street where it might be the oraita. We're talking about just in the backyards. Can I ask a goat to bring me food from my neighbor's house for the sake of a guest? who I'm not sure will be showing up or not. It's a safik. I'm in doubt if he will come or not. The answer is that it will be mutar. Although some argue, but in such a case, if you're not sure if the mitzvah will be fulfilled or not, it still will be mutar because when you're commanding him, you're commanding for the sake of mitzvah. You're not doing it really for, for, you know, just for leisure. You're not doing it to prepare yourself for something else. You think, for all you know, it's supposed to be a mitzvah. So therefore, it will be mutar. That is the heter of sput bimkom mitzvah. Telling a goy to do banan in the area of a mitzvah. We move on now to the second area which mutata tell a goy to do an sudar banan, and that is bimkom Holi. What does holy mean? What does it mean when a person is sick? You have to know we mentioned this in the past. If a person is sick where if I don't do something for him, he could be in danger, or oh, there's a safek, maybe he'll be in danger. Somebody that I have to call Hatzalah for him. It's a mitzvah on every Jewish person, including the biggest rabbi in the world, to go ahead and be mehalel shabbat, even if it means driving, even if it means mehalech shabbat with through uh, uh, committing esumido right time on shabbat. It's a mitzvah for Jews to save another Jewish person's life, even if it's a safek sakana. That's very important to know. And every rabbi has to teach his kahal this. Has Shalom, they should doubt and they should have to, you know, be lenient in such an air with <inaudible> however, there's another category of a person who's sick and that's called <inaudible> This is a sick person who is not in serious grave danger but he is so sick that he has to be in bed. It's a sickness that's covering his whole body. He has a flu where it aches the whole body. He has a high fever. He has, you know, right in the beginning when a person gets uh, gets an infection, he has to be in bed. That's called shembo Mbosekana. In such an area, a Jew may not be Mahle Shabbat, but a Goy could be asked to do even an Isur Deoraita. You can even tell a Goy to do an Isur Deoraita if the sick person needs it. So then we come back now. We said shbud, this shbud is mutar for the sake of for for a hole. What do I? Need? Why, why do you have to tell me that I could tell a girl to do an Banan? You told me even isud. right I could do. And answer says, "You're right. This hole that we're talking about over here is not a hole. This is a hole who is in great pain." He's not a that Sheyesh Bosakana, which means he has to be in bed. He's in great pain, he's suffering a lot, it's very, very painful. For example, I'll give you a practical case. A person burnt his hand. It's not a Halish Sheyesh He burnt his hand before Shabbat, it's burning him. He can't, it's really, really hurting him. And he needs to put some ointment on it. The problem is, he ran out of the ointment. The only way he could get the ointment is by asking the guy to go buy it from the drugstore. And we're talking about a case where carrying the ointment from the drugstore to your house is not a problem of carrying through Rishul Tarabim. It's not a problem where you're carrying through a, uh, an area that's considered public domain that will be Rishul So what's the Isur then? The Isur is the Goy is buying for you. Buying though is Asur Medera Banan. So I can tell the Goy, go and buy an ointment for this person who has this painful, painful burn that's that just to relieve his pain. I could tell a goi to do that. It's shibut to makom holy. It's not a holi she ain't bozakana, but it's a m'tzta'ir harbe. That is the definition of holy. Now let's move on to the third area. Third area where it's mutar to tell a goi, something that's assumed that banan, to is mutar. We mentioned something called sore harbe, a great need. What qualifies as a great need? It has to be a real need. Meaning, if you're sitting for Shabbat and you need khala, that's called a great need. In fact, that's also a mitzvah like we mentioned. But if you're missing your tahina or if you're Ashkenazi, you have your liver, but you don't have your egg salad. Now, every I mean, every week I have my egg salad. So big deal. As Absteinberg says, kugel is not called the sore kharbe. Kugel is not sore kharbe. You have your challah, you have your main sarodah, you have your bread, that's it. Yeah, but I always have my kugel. I always have my tahina. Who cares? You're right, I agree with you. I'll I'll cry with you after Shabbat. (laughs) But on Shabbat, you can't just go ahead and tell the Goy to carry from your neighbor some kugel. That's not called soda kharbe. I need soda. Do you have water? I have water. So what do you need soda for? I mean, onik Shabbos. Everything can become onik Shabbos. Everything is onik Shabbos. You can make anything onik Shabbos. Like we said, you can't make up mitzvot. You can't make up what... It has to be a real soda kharbe. Bread is sorecharbe. Of the main, if you don't have the main dish that you really need without without it, it's not a Shabbat savorda at all. Then okay, there's what to rely on. But smaller things are not called sorecharbe. Of Another thing that's included in sorecharbe of is something that we spoke, we mentioned in the beginning of the class, and that is something called. If there's a great financial loss, as Abraham points out, it has to be a big financial loss, it can be like a small, we're not talking about a few dollars, but a big financial loss, there'll be a mutar to tell a goy to do something for you, that's only a Now I have to point out something, have said means over here, you're about to incur a loss, not that you are not going to profit, sometimes let's say you have certain items, certain merchandise, right, that, uh, you know, You may not incur a loss, but, you know, you're not going to sell them. You're not, not, you know, you mean to say, if you don't sell the merchandise, yes, I can hear that's a loss because you bought it. But if you don't buy it, it's not going to be a loss. It's just, you're not profiting. Let's say this big sale is going on. You have a big sale going on on Shabbat, the, the time that you can buy it. They're selling certain tickets online and you have to be on, you have to be waiting and you have to get it at a certain time. And if you don't get it, you will be basically, you could. they're having something that's worth $1,000 and they're selling it for $300. You are saving $700. That's not a financial loss for you. Even though you're gonna say, yeah, but if I buy it after Shabbat, I'm gonna to have to spend the extra seven hundred dollars. That's fine. You're right. That's called minyat reva. That's called um, a, I'm not getting a, a profit. The real price is a thousand. You're supposed to pay a thousand. You found now a great deal for three hundred dollars, seventy percent off. That's not called a financial loss. You're just not gaining the extra seven hundred dollars, and that's very important too point out, there's a big difference between a loss, which means you have the items and you're gonna lose them. You're gonna lose the money or the value of the item. Like let's say the case we gave before, you have your backyard with boxes of laptops. And if you don't bring it inside the house, it's gonna get ruined. That's because a great thunderstorm is coming. That's called, you have it already. But where I'm saving money by buying something on sale. That's not called and certainly not have said merube. Another example of this is in the area of Tzore where I'm allowed to tell a Goy to do Nisud Rebanan is a category called K'vod HaBriyot. What is K'vod HaBriyot? K'vod HaBriyot means if something is, if a person has to tell a Goy to do something for him that's Derebanan or otherwise he will be uh, embarrassed in front of people Really embarrassed in front of people, then he could ask the guy to do something for him. Le Mashal, a person is, or a lady, it's probably more practical by a lady. A re- lady is coming, she has a simcha, and everybody's coming to to, to, to to the simcha hall, and she's coming, and she gets to the simcha hall, and all of a sudden she realizes that the dress that she wanted to wear the whole time, and she's wearing it, she realizes, uh oh, it's stained. She took the wrong dress. It was early in the morning when she was getting dressed and she didn't bother to look at herself 20,000 times. She only looked 19,000 times and she didn't realize that she had this big stain on her dress. Oh my gosh. What am I going to do? If I walk out now in front of everybody, it's so embarrassing. I, it, it's, it's my son's uh, and I'm in a simcha with 200 people and I'm going to walk around everybody's going to see me. It's very embarrassing and it is embarrassing. That's called in such a case. So what can we do? For her to go all the way back home, she can't. It's very hard for her to walk back home because everybody says, Where is she? Where is she? To sit there with her jacket. She can't avoid she can't sit there with her jacket. So then the only other option, if she lives in an area where the goy who would bring her this other dress to change, is not gonna have to do an isur de oraita, only an isur de oraita. Let's say he's walking in an area which is not de de'oraita. So then we could ask the goy, can you please go over and carry her dress, whatever dress it may be, and bring it for her? Carrying again in an area which is only a sur Banan. That is called kibbod ha Same thing would be if a man ripped his jacket, his suit jacket, and he needs a goy to carry something for him. Again, this is kibbod ha briyot. It falls under the category of Sore kharbeh, where it would be permitted to ask a goy on Shabbat to do an Banan in a case where otherwise it cannot be avoided. Looking at the time, we have only seven minutes left. I'd love to take questions, but I'm going to be here. I already see a lot of texts coming in. I will answer, as at the same. All the texts that come in, but not now. A little bit later, we ask also that if you have questions, call, please, after the show. We're not going to be able to answer. I really want to finish this before we take our break. The I'm going to have to skip a little bit of the halachot, I'm gonna point out some things although I don't like to do this, but I have to do it just very quickly. And that is as following. There's certain times those who are a little bit more learned will you know, we said Shbud the is mutar, to tell guy to do an de banan is mutar for the sake of mitzvah, Sodakarbeh which is financial loss or holy. You have to know in order for something to qualify as an Isud Banan, you have to know you can't just go ahead and uh, you know, Decide what what is dirbanan and what's not dirbana. You really have to know your stuff very, very well. There we know that commanding a goy is an issud. So a person might say, you know what? Let me go and tell one goy to tell another goy to do something for me. I'm telling a goy to tell another goy that's also sudden to do something for me. So that's called amira le amira. I'm telling the Goy to tell another Goy. This, the Mishabra brings a Mahlouk on this, and it seems to be from the Mishabra, as well as all the other post-scheme that they're not so happy with it. There are those who permit. I'm not telling you there's no Heterim. Of course, there are those who permit. I believe der uh, Goyim is matured in uh, certain cases. But I wanted to point this out. Don't go ahead and jump on it. Not everybody holds of it. Number two is, to tell a Goy to do something beshinui mean to say, it's assuming the right time, to do Bishanui. Like, instead of putting on the switch directly with my hand, I ask him, I mean with his hand to turn on the switch, I ask him to do it with his elbow. Again, some hold its mutar. A lot of opinions may hold its mutar. Some hold its only mutar if the outcome of the Melaka will be different because the Goy is doing it in a different way, which means that if you ask the Goy to put on the light switch with his elbow, since the outcome is the same because the lights are going to go on, they're not so easy to be matir. And some just permit it straight out. I've seen all different types of opinions. Ask your rabbi what to do. And all these cases, you must run it by a rabbi. If it's like a strange thing, it's not the simple, straightforward things that we said in the class, make sure you run it by a rabbi. Like we mentioned several times and we'll mention it again. All these cases, when you tell a goy, even though mehalacha may permit it, he may see it straight out in the book, black and white, sometimes your Rav, if he, says, Amin if he knows his halachot, may still forbid it, because he feels that, listen, it's going to create a Zilzu Shabbat, it might not be a Zilzu Shabbat according to halacha, but in your situation, in your community, in your shul, in your special circumstance, it might create a Zilzu Shabbat, it might degrade the, and therefore, they have to be more stringent and they're not being mahmir more than shohar That's what the halakha permits them to do. The rabbis were given the authority and the responsibility to make sure that Shabbat remains Kodesh. Shabbat should not become just another day. And therefore, if the rabbis feel that they have to be mahmir where the halakha permits it for a specific situation, then we must listen to what our rabbis tell us. Let me go now to the final uh, category over here, even though it's not the final category on my list, but what we're going to cover for the class. Some common examples, a lot of people have questions on this. In fact, that's some of the questions over here in the text. And that is telling the goy to put on a heat or air conditioner. If you lived in New York City or around for the last week, and you've been here, you know what cold means. We all felt it. And we all experienced it, and it doesn't seem to be ending. Baruch Hashem, today and yesterday were, were wonderful, but it's uh, still cold outside. It's still going to be cold, uh, I believe, for the weekend. So we know what cold really means. So there's a halakha in Shulchan Aruch, in Seman Vav, where Maran says over there, and that's a halakha, in the places where it's very, very cold, one may tell go to even put on a fire for heating. Fire is Asumid the de deoraita fire on Shabbat, to tell a goy to put on fire, how could you tell a goy to do Raita? We don't have, uh, well, you're not doing it for any of the three cases. And the answer is, says the Shohan Aruch, because HaKol Holim a lakor. When it's very, very cold, everybody is considered like a sick person, which means, for a say we said already many times, a goy is allowed to be told to do an de reita for the sake of a sick person and that's why over here we're allowed to tell the Goy to put on the heat for the sake of a when it's very very cold because we're all considered like sick people from the cold how cold does it have to be there's no halacha that tells me 40 degrees 50 degrees 60 I don't know if it's cold very cold and you can't bear it for sure you can tell the Goy not only that if you have children or elderly people in the house and it's cold for them, and has a zone they could get sick, you could tell a goy to do it. Especially the, heats, the heaters in our days, most of them work through a digital way which would only make it Derebanan. So anyone make it shbut to Shibut, harbe in this case, and it'll be permitted. There's a special, basically what we're trying to say is that there's a special exemption when it comes to commanding the go to do an Isur oraita when it comes to putting on the heat. So therefore, to tell a Goy when it's cold outside, to tell a Goy that you forgot to put on the heat, or the heat was not on the right temperature, the thermometer, whatever it may be, you could tell the Goy to raise the heat, put on the heat on Shabbat, when it's cold outside, like Maran says, but it has to be really cold. Not just not lightly cold, it has to be really cold, and you can't do it any other way. You can't put extra blankets or sweaters, which most of the times you cannot. The question is, though, the other way, can I tell a Goy when it's very hot outside to put on the AC? Called okay, I understand a call. What about to tell a to put on the AC? So Hakamodiah has a tshuva in Yabia Ome, uh, where his matir he permits to tell a to put on the AC, and the reason is for a few reasons. Number one is he explains that the way the ACs work, and I believe the Psohn Zamen Orbach also explains this way. Is that the way the ACs work is not the way the lights work? The lights work, the way the lights work on Shabbat, the electricity of the lights work, you are committing an isud. We're putting on the light, whatever it may be. That's already a big discussion. The way the heat the ACs work, when you put on the AC, it's only igniting a spark. So therefore, I'm telling you, Goy to put on the AC. I'm commanding go, which is Asudira Ban. Shboot. To put on the AC, which is Sparks only, which is Is What is anybody sick? No, but hule, Remember, we said it could be somebody even who's mitzayeh So let because the person who's mistayed harbe. That's one of the reasons that Ha-Kamari has matir. Another reason that Ha-Kamari has matir is based on the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that people, when it comes to the heat, they cannot tolerate it as much as they can tolerate the cold. I think the logic is as follows. When it's very cold, you put on extra blankets. When it's very hot, what are you going to do? There's only enough that you could do. So therefore, the heat sometimes can be very intolerable. So you came not of to you didn't expect it to be this hot, and all of a sudden, it's 95 degrees, it's very humid and muggy, and you can't, and you forgot to put on the AC, or the AC was shut off, your kids shut it off, and there's nothing else to do. So you could call a go and ask, ask them to put on the AC. And again, like we mentioned beforehand, if you can minimize the isur by only hinting to the Goy, you must take that approach first. But if you cannot minimize it, then you can tell them directly. And also, like we said beforehand, Shabbat levi do not use this on a regular basis. You can't just wait every Shabbat to tell the Goy to put on the AC. Only if you couldn't prepare from before Shabbat, even though you may have to spend a few extra bucks. Likewise, if you want to tell the Goy to shut off the AC to save money, it's also Asur. It's only mutar because you need it and you need it a lot on Shabbat, then it will be mutar. Also, like we said beforehand, in all these cases, a person must always check with his rabbi because the rabbi may have certain reasons why he wants to permit or forbid certain things. We're up on time and I believe we covered enough on the subject of Amir al-Hakum but is that a shame the next week and next few weeks already, really the next few months will be already going into the laws of the halachot of the holidays, Purim, Pesach, Sfirata Omer, and Min Hageya Omer, and then uh, whatever, and then after that, we'll come back already, continue in the B'nai al Shabbat. And we want to wish everybody a Chodesh Tov. Have a wonderful week with everything that you do, ha from everything, Shalom Bayit, and then everything else in the world. And give a big thank you to Iran and Rav Nisim Lazari for their wonderful station, their wonderful work that they do over here. This class will be aired on again tonight at 11 o'clock. And those who have questions can call into the station now, 718-683-5858, or you can text at 347-927-8398.